Hey, Chris Baker here from Zen Studios and Superhero.vg on YouTube. I've been kidnapped by ninjas. Are these dudes real enough to rescue me? I mean, I don't blame them if they don't. It's like ninjas. I mean, I think I was a good guest on the show and all once, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm dead. Hey guys, real brief. Uh, just heads up. You may want to stick around to the end of the episode. There's a little, uh, little something there. This week on Real Dudes Podcast, Donovan finally gets the chance to review U-Boat by Playway. After his review, we take a short break and we go into our discussion of some news, which includes Dauntless, uh, our streaming on DLive, and then the biggest news of it all this week, Playdate. A new handheld with timed releases coming out on it. It looks incredible, and we cannot wait to get our hands on <laughs> get our hands on it. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with special guests, Chris from Play Comics Podcast. All right. Welcome to Real Dudes Podcast. My name... Oh, shoot. You okay, Kyle? I got a headache. Dude, you've been having headaches recently. Are you all right? I'm going to take over for Kyle for now. Oh, and who are we speaking to? This is Mr. Anonymous. Oh, my. Just like the song? What? <laughs> Three Days Grace Anonymous. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But Kyle, his head is is bursting with aches. So have you taken over, Kyle? Maybe, possibly. But we're going to start with this introduction here. My name is Anonymous, as I've already said, and. With us, I think I've got this down. I, I think that we have got some great people with us, uh, some evil people with us. First, we have got Mr. Donovan. Hi, Donovan. Good to have you here. You better not go anywhere. Mm. Then we've got Carrington. Hey, hey, hey. And you know what? I think I'm going to add someone because we're a little shorthanded today. So I'm going to bring in a fourth, guys. Let's see who I can come up with today. Okay. It looks like I got Chris. Chris from Play Comics Podcast. Chris, how are you yeah. today? So, Donovan, um, even though you're clearly coming over from the Darkstalkers universe, I just have to know. Have you written a Star Wars script lately? I have, actually. Good. Wow, to I was not expecting that answer at all. Oh. <laughs> 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 yes, it's true. It's true. Good. Good to hear. I guess we got everyone here. Whoa, Kyle, you came back. You can read it on my blog. 
<laughs> Guys, uh, just interjecting I, there. Oh, it's good to have everyone here. Donovan and Carrington sounds like right. Yes, sir. Yes, huh? sir. Yeah, nice. And we got we we brought someone in with us. Who? Good old Chris. Chris, what's going yeah, on? Well, in the future, me and you and Carrington are going to be looking at Superman sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. but for right now we have some other things to check out. Oh, oh nice. Uh, I before I'm, we get into this, oh. I just want to say really quick. Okay, Chris. Yes, I love you, but I also hate you. Oh, don't worry, I hate me for this too. Okay, oh, cool. <laughs> but this was destiny, so it was meant to be. I mean, to be fair, Carrington, you did say I want to do Superman sixty four. I did say this, and I regret every single word of me saying that. I believe you said mm-hmm. it multiple times. I did, I did, and and yeah, it's a I famous can't game. I guess. I mean, to be honest, it is a famous game. To be famously terrible. Yeah, I was about and to say. Uh, Kyle into it. Why did we even do that? <laughs> well, you need that redheaded stepchild in there. Not wrong there. I can't argue with that. <laughs> I- I'm sorry for all the therapy we're all going to have to go through because of this. <laughs> all right. Uh, so everything's been going normal here in the last couple minutes. Uh, I think we've got a decent episode for you guys here. Um, Donovan is going to discuss U-Boat by Playway. Yes, finally. And then uh, after we discuss U-Boat, we're going to talk about some big news. Uh, a handheld that has come out by the people that have released Firewatch, a, a iconic indie game. Uh, Donovan. Hello. So, I remember... You you uh, joining the crew here, and we were like, "Hey, dude, what game do you want to play? What 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 is your cup of tea here?" And you're into those realistic simulators. Yes, ish. You say <laughs> U-boat. I did say U-boat. Yes. So we emailed them, and we're like, "Hey, we want to play your game." Well, we didn't hear anything back. So what happens? Email them again. Nothing. And I think it was maybe like you tweeted or or you mentioned something to us a couple weeks ago, a few weeks yeah. ago, saying, "Hey, check this out." And they're tweeting about giving away codes for U-boat. So don't we all like bombard them with tweets and emails saying, "Hey, we want to play your game." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they asked for it. <laughs> 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 I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> Oh dear. So it worked out. I mean, Playway gave us a copy of their game to review and play. And I feel like out of any, anyone on the cast here at Real News Podcast, you are the the one that is most experienced with these kind of games and would be the most appropriate to play this game and give us your honest review of U-Boat by Playway. Yes. Hope so. Hope it'll be honest. <laughs> so lay it on us. I mean, right. let, let's talk about your excitement for the game, your build up to playing the game, installing the game, and then your initial thoughts on the game. Like, like, tell us about yeah. your experience with U-Boat. So um, there's a little known game because it's almost impossible to mention this without mentioning U-Boat. 
but there's a series called Silent Hunter. Started, I think, way back in the 90s. And it went from Silent Hunter 1 to Silent Hunter 5. And that was the U-Boat Simulator game. The U-Boat Simulator game. Then U-Boat comes around, and I get excited for it because it's a newer game. And mostly because Silent Hunter 5 no longer works on my computer ever since it crashed. So (laughs) I was really excited about (laughs) U-Boat. So uh, the difference is... um, Well, wait, the build-up to playing U-Boat. So I heard it become announced. Uh, I just followed it on Kickstarter. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't donate anything for the Kickstarter because I wasn't sure. So I just followed its progress. And then eventually they said, hey, we're going to be doing like a closed beta type thing for uh, all the backers. And so the closed beta went through their tests for I don't know how long. It seemed like forever. Uh, But then they recently announced like a few, like about a month or so ago, that they're going to uh, release it on early access within a few months. So in a few months go by, nothing. Uh, and then they finally say, okay, early access has come in. And then they tweet out, hey, you want some codes? <laughs> yep. And then yep. once once they responded, which I was surprised that they did uh, respond to us after bombarding them on Twitter for a <laughs> code. <laughs> they were so gracious <laughs> enough to actually give us a code. Uh, once I installed it, though, it worked fine. Uh, I was really excited about it. Uh, the, well... I know. Uh, I think you, Kyle, you had mentioned that uh, you're kind of tired with the early access games because it seems like a lot of indie developers they will, you know, build out their game, release it on early access, and it'll have a ton of bugs and all that good stuff and issues, and then they patch it out until you know day one of actual release, whenever that happens. Uh, and it was kind of the same case with U-Boat. There were some bugs and issues. But I think this was the first real early access game I could get my hands on that I was excited about and that I could remember. Cause I may have played other early access games, but I don't quite remember. So this one, uh, I didn't know what to expect, but there were a few bugs. Like in the tutorial, there are some spots where things would get stuck or things just wouldn't work. But then you would wait 24 hours and then they release a patch. And then they would tell you what they're working on ahead of time and then release another patch. So at least they're uh, super passionate about the game and patching it out and getting out all the bugs that we've been seeing since early access. But uh, as of recently, like the last week or so, the patches have died down a lot, and now they're just doing big chunks of things. But um, all in all, the experience was great. I really like it. Nice sandbox, U-boat simulator. Takes place in World War II. I guess I really didn't uh, specify. Takes place in World War II. You're playing from the German perspective. A sinking allied ships. Um, so for those of us who are familiar, uh, the movie that comes to mind is uh, Das Boat from like the 80s. It's kind Whoa. of really ev- evocative of that movie, that film. So not like Hunt for Red October or U-Boat 571? Oh, no. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, U-571 was, uh, I mean, it was a good action movie and stuff. Uh, but just just a touch, just a touch over the top, just a touch. 
but I mean, just a touch, it was over the top. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's 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 the game. And the twist with this game is you're managing a lot of the crew. So you have your officers that you have. You have the skipper, who's the captain, who does all the important stuff. Then you have the guy who loads the torpedoes. You have your mechanic. You have like your navigator slash I, I want to call him a liaison because he kind of interacts with the crew most of the time. And then you have your radio operator to listen on the hydrophone when you're underwater to find ships and to man the uh, the radio to send messages uh, when you come across like convo- allied convoys or run across airplanes and stuff like that. Uh, so crew management. uh that's a huge thing the crew management because you have food and stuff for the crew there's a morale system for the crew so depending on what work you you assign them which is you just assign extra crew to your officers to give you buffs for things so like if you're a mechanic who's running the engines if you assign a couple of guys to your mechanic they give you like a 30 or 40 percent boost for uh, your fuel consumption so you're conserving fuel you're using less fuel so you can have a longer patrol out in the ocean things so like that question yeah so it is called u-boat and yes for those unfamiliar with history oh well i probably we probably should <laughs> establish that continue uh u-boats were referred to you know basically submarines during world war ii Mm-hmm. And the only people with submarines during World War II were the Nazis. That's a general overstatement, but sure. Okay, so we'll are you... the Germans. Yeah, the Germans. Uh, so... The Nazi party is kind of separate from the German army and the German right. navy and the German air force. But there right, because the Nazis encompass, you know, like the Germans and the Japanese and all those people. So, but sure. uh, we'll say the, the Germans. So are you yes, playing... the German navy. Transmarine. Are you playing as Germans during World War II during this uh, game? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are. I, that's, all, that's what I was curious about. Yeah. So you will have the uh, you have German submarines. And uh, for those of us who really want to know, it's the Type 7 Model C submarine, which is the most common one that, you, that you'll see. But anyway. Uh, so how <laughs> accurate is this game as far as like history is concerned and how the crew members uh, operate? the submarine uh i guess i could put it on a scale of one to ten and i'll give it uh i would say an 8.5 the reason why i say 8.5 slash nine is you have an effect on your campaign so of course that eventually submarines were pretty much destroyed and restricted in what they could do by like 1944 Okay, so but by like, the time the U.S. joined the war, around that time? In, uh, in Europe, yes. Yeah. So the game kind of takes place between 1939 and then on to 1945, if possible. But the thing is, like, you have a direct impact on the campaign, on how it goes. So if you perform well, you may turn the tide of the war. If you perform, perform poorly, then, well, it plays out like it did in history kind of thing so that's why i give it kind of a mm-hmm. lower score on the accuracy scale uh, just because it's more of a sandbox uh dynamic campaign type thing to kind of make you feel like you're having an impact on the large scale on the big picture just so that's cool. 
out of curiosity, because you reviewed um, Sky Gamblers uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and obviously these games are completely different. One arcade, one simu- uh, simulator, but you were comparing t- uh, Sky Gamblers to the uh, flight simu- simulators that you do play, mm-hmm. and you were talking about uh, how those games do have like flights that is just flying just straight flying and very little combat or action in the game does this does u-boat fall in the same category as that like is it just going from one location to another with very little action or sort of okay sort of yeah it is pretty fairly accurate when it comes to your patrols so there are long stretches where not a lot happens Mm -hmm. but just because not a lot happens in terms of combat doesn't mean you can just you know let your crew do whatever you want so you have to watch them and you have to make sure they're getting enough rest and that you yeah that's the big thing enough rest and uh and if you make your crew rest then they're not manning their stations so there's risks to where you could potentially not spot an enemy aircraft that's coming to blow you up uh, you have a chance of missing a convoy that you could intercept and then destroy, uh, and you could get lost. And when you get lost, there's like, I should say there's a whole map system, and there's a time compression system as well. So you're not just sitting there for hours with nothing happening. So you can set your course, you can go to the world map, and then throw on the time compression, wait for something to happen. So you're not just sitting there, you know, in real time like a flight simulator. Mm-hmm. nothing going on um but again there's a whole management system there's a whole cooking system not it's not that involved but okay there's food involved uh, that helps the morale of the crew so that's a cool little feature as well um and i hesitate to say that is it's a simulator because a lot of the, the systems are kind of automated um and the way you intercept a target isn't quite like how you would do it in Silent Hunter uh, because it gives you like interest points on the map on where you can find convoys when you're close enough. Like your radio operator will, in a sense, intercept something or if you go underwater, they can hear other boats in the water that you can then change your course and then intercept them. Okay. Um, Whereas in Silent Hunter, there was there were no map contacts. There was nothing on the map except, nope, not even yourself. You weren't even on the map. You had to triangulate your position through several different ways. Like you can do it by the stars, or you could have assistance from your navigator to figure out where you are and where you're going. And uh, when you come in contact to a convoy of ships to sink, uh, you would basically use geometry and math to figure out their direction, how fast they're going. And then figure out your direction, how fast you're going, and then plot an intercept course. And hopefully your math works out. (laughs) Good night. So U-Boat kind of takes a little bit of that away, which I think is fine. Because I don't have that much time to be learning all that crap (laughs) in order to play a game. So uh, it it is lenient in that that aspect. So you're saying that the sacrifices it makes to take itself away from being a simulator are in some aspects a good thing because of time 
in your case, time being yeah. the issue. Yeah, in my case, for just about everybody else, <laughs> uh, I'll say they 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 may be a little bit disappointed because again, you can't. It's in, inevitable to compare these two games against each other. So people who are used to Silent Hunter may find U-Boat just a little bit too simple. All right. So, and, so uh, and then combat. Combat is amazing. And combat is intense. So There's, does the when you're the camera, are you looking like at a map or are you looking like inside the U-boat? Or are you do you play like a commander type of deal? And so you're just giving people orders uh while inside the U-boat, or like how does that work? All of it. Okay, so you can play as like a real time strategy game where you're just kind of a disembodied entity controlling everybody and looking in on the U-boat. And when you zoom in, the coolest thing is like when you zoom in all the way into the to the U-boat panels will uh, float away and then you can see all the compartments and where everybody's at and what they're doing. That's a really neat feature. That's really cool. And I must say. The water physics in the way the water looks, oh my gosh, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I mean, you're going to be seeing a lot of water. So when you see a lot of water, you got to make sure that the water is on point, and it is. So and some high quality H2O. Some high quality H2O. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that movie like uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Nice. <laughs> um, so it's really, it's really great, and the cool f- small detail. I like the little small details that this game has. So very small detail. When things get wet, they look wet. And that includes the submarine. So if the conning tower where you stand on top when you're surfaced, when you stand on top where you look out, uh, it'll appear dry. And if a wave of water comes over the conning tower, it'll look wet. <laughs> and then uh, it'll dry off at, in a certain amount of time. That's really cool. And your crew gets wet too. And I'm pretty sure if you leave the top hatch open on the conning tower and water rushes over it, uh, water will get into your submarine and you have to pump it out. That's amazing. So, <laughs> so from this game, we've, we've heard a lot of things that, that you are impressed by and what you like. Is there anything in the game itself that you could pick out that you, that like, like if you were to say, Hey, play away, these are the things that I think that, that you could add to the game or things that I think that might need a little improved without saying like like this um, game is bad because obviously this game does not sound bad at all by what you're saying but you know just, just things that, that stood out to you like uh, this could use a little fixing or, or this could use a little touching up is there anything in the game um, that you could pick out some of the animations may need a little <laughs> touching up but then again in recent years and with AAA games having ridiculous animations perhaps we're too spoiled okay. but then again perhaps not uh, so the animations may need a little bit of work, may need better transitions uh, for all the crew members. Uh, a lot of times crew members will kind of get stuck on each other because there's like collision detection. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to tell somebody to do something, sometimes they'll get stuck from somebody else and they can't get through. So that, get, that gets frustrating. Okay. Um, nope. No, I can't say much about that. Uh, I when you shoot down airplanes, when they come to to take you out with depth charges, um, 
when you shoot them down, when they hit the water, they don't quite. I don't know. It's like they bounce in the water instead kind of, of crashing that animation category. Yeah. So like it'll kind of hit the water, tumble a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. and then sink instead of breaking apart or having maybe even a cheap little explosion animation or something. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And my own personal thing, I really would like them to add a manual uh, Enigma machine, which is a machine that the Germans use to uh, send encoded encrypted messages to each other. And uh, there's like been a movie out. The in- Imitation Game is all mm-hmm. about figuring out how to crack the Enigma machine because that's how all Germans sent their communications, and that includes U-boats. Mm-hmm. So you get important information like where you need to patrol, where a particular ship is that has important cargo on it that you want to sink. They'll send out that communication to you, and then you decode it. So Silent Hunter 5 had a system where it was basically the Enigma machine. You had to know how to use it, and it's crazy, but it's mm-hmm. amazing. I wish they would add that in U-Boat, because I think that would be a little pretty neat. Side feature, unnecessary, but neat. <laughs> Maybe something they could add to a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Or like an add-in or a mod, maybe. Because I know they're going to yeah. have mod support oh, yeah. for it. And I'm pretty sure people are going to take it and run with it. Yep. Um, combat. Again, combat is great. Uh, so when when you run into a patrol, a patrol, when you run into a convoy, you know, of course, you want to submerge your submarine so you're not spotted. And you want to make sure your periscope level is pre- as low as possible so that it reduces the chance of you getting spotted uh, and it makes it really easy. There's a whole s- series of steps that you have to go through to identify the ship, to then figure out what its course is, to then figuring out how fast it's going to figure out the torpedo intercept. So when you fire your torpedo, it'll meet the ship uh, in U boat. It's really simple. Uh, it takes you step by step. Once you're doing all the steps or once you're in the, uh, on the attack periscope, so that's really easy, really simple. And I like that because, again, I don't want to have to spend, you know, too long trying to learn, relearn geometry to figure out how to make a torpedo or run into that ship. Yeah. Uh, I just want to play a game, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to do. Um, so that's great. And then uh, it gets pretty intense because destroyers, if they're in the picture and you start sinking ships, they're going to start looking for you. And that's when things get really hairy. So. Like any movie that you see a submarine underwater, you'll hear sonar pings. And it's the same thing uh, when they're trying to look for you. So you're just kind of inside the submarine, trying to sink as low as possible to avoid them. And uh, that's all you got to do is sit and wait. And that's that's the most intense thing, because you're just hearing the ships uh, <clears throat> circling you above you because you can hear the propellers and you can hear them trying to ping you to locate your position to drop depth charges. And the sound design is just amazing. Very amazing. Uh, the sound of depth charges sounds what you would expect it to if it's far away or close, like thunder or like a huge crash. And uh, when your, your submarine takes a hit, you know, you see the damage modeled. Uh, you assign people to try and fix it and compartments start to flood. And then that gets a little intense because... Like your lights could go out, so you need a flashlight. And if you're playing in first person, you can't see, you can hear water, and you can see everybody drowning, and then everybody does drown, and then you lose. 
Ugh. It's just everything. It's it's the whole package, the whole package. But those are my two gripes is, you know, airplane crashing animations and crew animations. Everything else really good. I really like it. Uh, and then there's a whole point system as well. When you sink, sink ships and when you complete patrols, um, you get points, which you can spend on upgrades to your submarine that are historically accurate. Uh, maybe not by date, but historically accurate nonetheless. But things like better radar to detect uh, airplanes before they get too close so you can sink your ship and then avoid detection and avoid getting sunk. Uh, you know, better hydrophone to hear ships from farther away. Better torpedoes, so on and so forth. Better conning towers, better anti-aircraft weapons. And then you also have people that you can assign to then research that technology and that takes time and then you have a uh, reputation points with the craig's marine to buy favors which gives you uh, boosts or buffs and i think there's one other thing and also it's not just straight up patrols like when i say patrol you'll go to the admiral and then they'll give you a mission to patrol a, a specific sector and then that's what you do there are other th missions like you can accept a mission to sneak up to an allied port that has a ton of ships and then sink stuff in there. Uh, there's also missions where you can have a spy come onto your ship and then you insert them in a specific place near allied territory to then have them do their thing. There are also random events, like some U-boats may require help, so you go out and help them out. Or you may be assigned a special task to sink a certain ship because it has a specific piece of technology or a specific cargo that needs to disappear. So there's all these other things as well. So it keeps the game, uh, again, pretty dynamic and replayable. So it sounds very detailed. And it from, is. It is. From, my, uh, from me listening to you uh, discuss it, it sounds like you are happy you know, with with how the game has turned out, what would you rate U-Boat for PC? I would rate U-Boat by Playway a solid 9 out of 10. Wow. Solid 9. Uh, they're really passionate about their game. They're very <sighs> open and transparent when it comes to talking about the issues that they've run into. And they keep saying that they have all the basic stuff down. It's just all the little bugs that they're trying to weed out. And that's why early access was delayed so much. And that's why the release was delayed so much is because they're just working on all these bugs because in an open world sandbox, anything can happen. And they're just trying to account for every single variable. And they've been very open about that. And when early access even released, I mean, a lot of people gave it bad reviews because I guess they didn't quite realize that it was early access yet and didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, once you report the bug, I mean, there are a couple of things that I've noticed, and before I even reported it, Playway had already announced that, oh yeah, we know this is going on, next patch is coming tomorrow, and it'll mm -hmm. fix that. And that's great. Uh, and then that makes me understand what the developers are going through, because as a, as a gamer, as gamers, we don't understand what goes on behind the scenes most of the time. But... Uh, more and more, I'm seeing a lot of indie developers basically unveiling the curtain to see what's going on and how they're developing the game, what problems they're running into, and how they're trying to fix it. 
And so that's when I got my real first taste of, oh, this is why this is early access, or this is why it hasn't been released yet, or this is why they were scared to release it was because this is what's going on, mm-hmm. and they understand that's going on, and that's how they're working to fix it. And I really like to see that cycle. I really like seeing that cycle. Um, but yeah, pretty pleased with it. And uh, I hope to see, I can't wait to see where it goes. Nice. And also, too, my last thing, my last gripe with the game okay. is uh, there on each U-boat, historically, on each U-boat, on the conning towers, they had different emblems that you could put on there. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry to pull Silent Hunter into this, but in Silent Hunter, you had a huge selection of different emblems to personalize your own U-boat. And in U-boat, you only have one. And that's uh, U-96, which is like a swordfish thing. I don't even know what... I'm pretty sure it's a swordfish, but it's really round with a jagged nose. But anyway, that's like the only one that you can use, and that's like the only U-boat number that you have at the moment is U-96, whereas, you know, Silent Hunter, you are assigned a random U-boat number to kind of make it your own kind of thing. And that's what I liked about the Silent Hunter series as well was you had a unique, your own U-boat with your own crew. But in U-boat, it's kind of, you have the same crew every single time, same emblem every single time, same uh, U-boat number every single time when you start the game. It's like That's like the one other gripe. Yeah. There you go. So that is U-boat by Playway U-boat. on uh, PC. And yes. you have given it a 9 out of 10. Yes, mostly because when you're underwater, you can see fish. Nice. So, I mean, nice. I haven't seen any other U-boat simulator <laughs> do that. None of them. None of them have fish. I'm just trying to say, other developers with underwater games, up your game, because U-boats got fish yes. underwater. You're I underwater mean, in a submarine, you should have fish. You should have fish. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's natural to have fish. Yes. Right. Oh! Oh! Let's take... A break. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, just want to let you know that PDP Gaming is the number one video game accessory company in North America. Their passion is to design and develop products that help consumers engage and interact with the entertainment they love. And their leadership is due to their engineering expertise and experience in developing advanced technology. So whether you're playing on Xbox, PS4, Switch, PC, what have it, head on over to pdpgaming.com and check out their amazing accessories. Oh, welcome back from those awesome ads. I guarantee you one of them was from Chris's podcast, Play Comics. Chris, what do you have to say about your ad? It's very wonderful. All right. Because I made it myself, so of course. I <laughs> what do you have to say about your show? 
I mean, what is there to say about my show? I there's this one guy that just keeps coming on and keeps <laughs> coming on. And I can't get rid of him. The most repeating show guest. Than my own wife. <laughs> well, you know, I Some I just guy named Carrington. I have to force <laughs> my way into the different people's shows, and you're yours. You keep having me on for some reason. It's beautiful friendship. That's all there is to say about it. And there, but this was another part where your mic went out. Oh, I was gonna my s- sound went out. Okay, I was hold say. on. It's a beautiful friendship. That's all there is to say about it. Hey, hey. All right, all right, guys. We got a, a couple things to talk about here uh, regarding. News. What I was gonna say, and then it dropped. Still, you're fine to me, Kyle. So maybe it's uh, maybe just it's Chris. Chris is in. Chris is in his in your your internet. No, no. All right. A couple things to say here real quick. Uh, One. We have been streaming on D live a lot lately. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Almost every other day. That's about accurate. So you got to go ahead. I've got a new series. Doing every Monday, Minecraft Mondays. Come join me as I build stuff and just talk with people. It's a lot of fun. And then Donovan and I are starting up a, a series we're going to try and do every Wednesday. We're still working out some of the kinks, though. So you yeah. can go to dlive.tv forward slash Real Dudes Podcast. Uh, I streamed yesterday, Thursday. Yes, was it? Yeah, yesterday yeah, was, was Thursday. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game. So I was going to stream Dauntless, which we'll go into here in, in just a minute. But unfortunately, the servers were down. So Epic Games had this game that was free. And it is called Untold Stories. And I downloaded it and thought, hey, let's let's stream this because I think this might be pretty cool. The game itself uh, is very much in the lines of like a Stranger Things uh 80s retro slash sci-fi slash horror um uh type of a game and surprisingly it was awesome and and there's four chapters to it i've only played the first one each chapter is different from my understanding and and I guess to to describe the game itself, it is a a uh, I don't want to say typing simulator. Um, have have any of you guys played games like back in the mid nineties, early nineties, to where you type in your commands? I cannot remember the name of of, of what those the, the style games. Carrington, you would know I what the game is. Text adventures. adventures, Yes. Uh, So this game is very much in the lines of a text adventure game. Um, Oh boy! But it is way more than that. Yes. So so you have. uh, I'm not going to spoil the game because I feel like it's one of those games where you play once and you're done. Um, I could see that. And episode one is very intriguing. It is in the lines of a horror psychological thriller type of a game. And it's weird that you get that out of a text adventure game. Like to me, that was so weird. But, but so I'm looking at my monitor, my actual computer monitor, and and the screen itself for the game is a computer monitor based in like the late 80s or so. 
So you're looking at this monitor on your monitor, and then you're also looking at your keyboard and, and a couple pictures. Like you're sitting at a desk, and, and as I'm typing commands in my keyboard, it's going onto the monitor onto the screen. And so you're trying to figure out what's going on. You have to, you know, type in your commands like uh, open glove boxes when you're sitting in a car or walk to the door, open door, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, as you go through this, this, this mini game within the game itself, uh, you start unlocking different things. You start finding out the mystery and then um, eventually you get to the end. I think it took me about an hour to beat, maybe 45 minutes to beat. And that was just the four, first chapter out of four. Um, I have no idea what is in store for the next episodes or missions or, or stories, uh, but I am very intrigued. Uh, the fact that the ga this game was free um, is incredible. And I am hoping to stream it more. I will be streaming it this weekend, but unfortunately this weekend means that it, I have played it before you have listened to this episode. The good thing is you can go to DLive and check out the episodes that we've recorded because they save. So, yeah. Um, that is Untold Stories. Check it out on Epic Games. It's free right now. And I don't know how long it'll be free for, but it is definitely worth a check out. Hmm. Which leads to the fact I played that game because Dauntless was not working at the point. And I played a little, a little bit of Dauntless. Carrington, have you played Dauntless much? I've played a ton of it since it released on Tuesday. That's all I've been playing. Okay. When it works. Yes. <laughs> I guess I should preface that. So for those of you wondering what Dauntless is, it's a free-to-play Monster Hunter-esque type game. So if you like Monster Hunter, this is definitely for you. I will say, however, Monster Hunter is a much deeper system. Because Donovan, I know you have Monster Hunter on the Switch. Oh, dear. That it's game. Not yeah, it's not that deep, but it's still it's it's easy enough for if you're not a Monster Hunter vet like I am, uh, it's easy enough to pick up and play. But at the same time, it's not a it's not so there's still a ton of different systems in place to where mm -hmm. it's not super duper, you know, snore fest easy kind of thing. Because even Monster Hunter World, uh, speaking with uh, former co-host Jake, he said that that was the quote-unquote easy Monster Hunter. You know, that's basically streamlined for mass audiences. Dauntless takes that concept even further, so it is even more simple. But I mean that in the absolute best way possible for someone who is not a Monster Hunter vet. Hmm. That's cool. But like I said, there's still enough systems in there that keeps it pretty deep as well. Um, and with it being free-to-play, that means there are microtransactions. Um, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. As much as I don't like Fortnite, I do respect it for its microtransaction system in place. And Dauntless has a very similar system in place as well, where it's purely cosmetic. Okay. So I think one of the biggest things that has appealed to me about Dauntless is a fact that the the crossplay on the game is already out. Oh boy. So yeah, you jump in this game 
and you're already playing with people of other consoles. Like it's just that simple. And you <laughs> see them walking around um, in the main hub world. You, they'll have like little icons next to their names, and so you'll see, you know, the Xbox logo, PS4 logo, or the PC, or just like a small little PC. So that way to differentiate who's playing on what. And then when you hop into a hunt with other players, you immediately know what they're playing on. And it's really cool and really awesome to see that it just works. It just works. I mean, it's the first game to launch with full crossplay compatibility at launch. It's not a feature that's being developed in the future or anything. It's live right now, and it is fantastic, and it works. Uh, I've been mostly playing on my PC, and I've been playing with Jake, uh, his wife and brother-in-law, they they've all been on Xbox, but but I've been mainly on my PC, and we can play with each other as if we're sitting in the next room or something. Like it's it's that awesome. It's that seamless. It's that seamless. And there's a Switch version coming out soon, so which will mm-hmm. also join the ranks of crossplay compatibility as soon as that comes out. I I will say like when you first started up the first few beasts i think no no they call them behemoths they're not monsters they're behemoths so the first few behemoths are super simple super easy but after that i will say the difficulty does ramp up quite a bit and the the fights are all way more fun also i have died once so far on only one of the hunts that i've been on but other than that it's been pretty smooth sailing which is nice to see all right I will say the problem right now, because if you notice, I said like, I, I've, that's all I've been playing when it works. So I stress when it works because <laughs> yeah. so yeah, because so many people are trying to play it. I, I saw a statistic or I saw an article yesterday that said, no, remember, this was yesterday as in Thursday and it launched on Tuesday. There are four million players playing, trying to play this game right now. So that's a lot of people in a very short amount of time, and their servers cannot handle it. So they've been trying to, you know, fix that and trying to come up with workarounds and bandages and all this other stuff. So they, the studio, which is Phoenix Labs, have been done a, a great job trying to alleviate the issue and their servers. Um, so it's it's been a, it's been a fun ride so far. It's I will say because it is launch week, and for it being online only. It's been hard to get into, but once you're in and whenever the servers are up and running, it is fantastic. I do see myself playing this for quite some time, and I'm excited to see where this goes uh, in the future. All right. And then so through all of that, even the issues and things, what what kind of rating would you give? It's I, I can't give it a rating yet. If I were to give one right now, today, at this moment in time, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. Um, and that's like taking out all the issues and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is me playing probably a total of two or three hours. Um, I would have gotten more in if the servers were working uh, <laughs> when I was playing. Oh, cool. Yeah, then, it's, uh... it's really cool. Like the fight, there are some fights that, oh my, there are just some fights that I, I don't want to reveal already, even though I'm still like in the early game. But there are some fights early on uh, with these behemoths that are just super cool and super fun. So the behemoths, are there like different... How many different monsters or behemoths are there? So there are... I don't know how many there are, but they're broken down into different categories. So there's like normal, fire, ice, 
okay, Terra, which is grass. Uh, there's Shock, and there's another one. I can't remember that fifth one. Um, so there are certainly different types. And then within those types, I have three behemoths I can hunt in each one so far. Like I said, I'm only a couple hours in. So right. there's plenty of behemoths. And then when you, it's like Monster Hunter where you kill one, you get, you know, uh, you get like monster parts. Yeah, you get parts and you use those parts to make armor, weapons, and things like that. Right now, one that I do like a lot, that I like to use a lot, and it's my most powerful weapon, it's basically dual pistols. And what? Yeah, they, there's pistols in the game, and they're really cool, and I like them a lot. And um, they have some really cool, fun mechanics to them as well. So with the pistols, for instance, um, I get 12 shots, and um, with those 12 shots, you reload. But if you reload right next to the monster... You go into a the pistols themselves go into a special mode. I can't remember. They're like an overdrive type mode mm-hmm. where I'm dealing extra damage, and then if I use my heavy attack, it does extra damage as well, and it does a spread fire. Whereas normally, if I'm if it's an in its normal mode, um, my heavy attack just fires like one missile that I currently have equipped, and then um, and then with that comes along other types of things that i have equipped it's just uh it's like like i said it's not super deep like monster hunter but it's deep enough to where it keeps it interesting as well okay so like the weapons so you you had mentioned that there are pistols like what other weapons are there is it just guns or does it also have swords and so the dual pistols that i have they're the only guns in the game other than that it's just swords hammers uh dual uh i can't remember what they're called like uh Akimbo. No, right. <laughs> no. Like what farmers use. Uh, not exactly a hoe, but like a scythe type of thing. Okay. You get dual versions of those. And then, gosh, I don't know. There's like three or four more. I mean, there's plenty of weapons to keep you busy, to keep you interested, to fit your style. Um, and when and you when, when, when you do your attacks and stuff, uh, like, is it? Is it like the old Republic style where you, you know, pressing a number and then waiting for a refresh? Or is it like the other Monster Hunters where it's a pretty freeform combat system? It's definitely more like Monster Hunter. So based on my playthrough of Monster Hunter World. So you basically have. Um, that's the, I'm just going to break it down to the Xbox One controller. So your X is your normal attack. Y is more like a. Heavy, it's heavy slash special attack, and then some weapons have more attacks on top of that, depending on the weapon itself. So, like a Fantasy Star Online type thing. Yes, definitely more like that. Um, so, like is my it, pistols, X uh-huh. is my normal attack. Uh, yeah, X is normal attack. R B is reload. Y is the mine. No, 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 I. Is that how it is? I can't remember the controls now all of a sudden. Because <laughs> my, my guns have three attacks. There's the normal attack, the special attack, and then the, the mine attack that I have equipped. Gotcha. Gotcha. That seems pretty cool. And is it like um and is it like Fantasy Star Online where you have a set like you have the three attacks if you string them together type you, thing? Or you, is it like a button masher? You just keep hacking. It's uh, so in this sense, it's more like Monster Hunter because my heavy and special attacks 
I have to build those up before I can use them. Because hmm. in Fantasy Star Online, you could just use those freely. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you could use your your heavy, uh, your light, and your special attacks. You could pretty much use those freely. But the with Dauntless, you have to you're using your normal attack a lot because when you ever use your heavy or your special, um, depending on the weapon, with the gun specifically, you have to build those up. With everything else, it just depends on the weapon itself because they all handle and act so much different from one another. So in no ways are any of those setups the same. Gotcha. So like with, with the sword, for example, you just have two. You just have normal and special. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty neat then. So, all right. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then there's enough, you know, armor to keep you busy and stuff. Each armor has different. Well, each armor and weapon have different abilities. Uh, so, like for example, the hammer I just used before hopping on here um, has like a stagger effect. There is like I think it was like a fall. 5% chance of staggering the behemoth you're fighting, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all have different perks and things like that. Um, especially with, let's say I took down an ice behemoth, then I can put those ice attacks into it. So that way, if I fight a creature that's weak to ice, then it will do extra damage to that uh, creature. Gotcha. And then so like each creature, do they do they have their own weak spots, like their own unique weak spots and attack patterns and things like that? So they do have different attack patterns, which is part of the fun, which is why I would definitely compare it to Monster Hunter more than anything, because Monster Hunters, the the beasts you're you're hunting down all have patterns and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh with Dauntless, the behemoths you're fighting, they all have patterns, they all have tells. To, to know which attack is about to come up. Okay. Um, each beast uh, has, I don't, they're so much fun. A lot of them are so much fun, and they all have weaknesses and things like that as well um, that you can make sure you gear up and get ready for and things like that. And a lot, of, most beasts are just roaming around when you load up into the level and you just have to find them. It's not like Monster Hunter where you have to kind of go through, oh, hey, there's these smaller beasts I may or may not have to fight along the way. With Dauntless, when you load up, you are literally searching for that one beast. There are no other beasts roaming the world at all. All right. For Monster Hunter fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. For non-Monster Hunter fans, I, I I don't know what to say. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that that makes sense though. Uh, yeah, it makes that makes sense. And like I said, some of these fights are fantastic. Like they are they're they're I. So let me just preview one. So the first Terra or Earth type behemoth you fight, he's covered in basically earthen rocks and stuff so when you're trying to take him down when he has this shield this earth shield over him you're doing a lot less damage but he does a lot of things so like uh his tell is the his outer shell will expand and then come come back in and that tells you he's about to do like uh 
this tech where these rocks come out from underneath the ground, or if one side expands and then goes back onto his body, he's about to like uh, basically roll over to that side, and he has so many more attacks than that. But it's really cool just to see like all these rocks uh, that are covering basically uh, like armor over him, just moving and you know expanding and. Uh, coming back onto his body, things like that. It's it's really cool to see, and he's he was the he was really tough to beat, uh, and he, you fight him pretty early on as well. But there's a lot more fun fights than that as well. Well, cool, Dauntless for every single console that you can get your hands on. <laughs> exactly, and it's something that <laughs> I can't stress enough. If you have an Xbox One, a PS4, or a PC, you literally have no excuse to grab this game. So on PC, it's only available on the Epic Launcher. And I know that's getting a lot of flack right now for a lot of various reasons. Um, but uh, I would not... I hope that doesn't detract you from picking this up if you have a PC. Um, because the developers, the only reason they went with Epic was because for the crossplay, Because that was the only reason they went to them. So I just want to put that out there. You know, I'm not a huge fan of what mm-hmm. Epic. I, I I get what Epic's doing, but at the same time, I understand the hate as well. But I would not let that get in your way of of this game on PC. All right, just a necessary evil to have some fun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Kyle, the host, is still away. So. So, Playdate. Um, and, and Chris, uh, feel free to jump on in with this this new thing, this new handheld thing. So I, I don't know anything about it. I'm behind on the times on that one. <laughs> okay. I don't think anybody knows much about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, Playdate is this little yellow box. It counts like a Game Boy. I'll, I, before I get to its gimmick, just picture this. A yellow, small yellow square that looks like a Game Boy. Um, it's from the makers of Firewatch, which I can't remember that studio's oh, name at the moment, but Firewatch man. is a small indie game, which is why we're covering it. And in the game, there is a version of the Playdate itself, which is kind of cool. Panic Incorporated is the name of the studio, mm. by the way. So, yeah, you can see a Playdate in the game, which is kind of cool. It's almost like they were foreshadowing it, I guess. But uh, Anyway, it's a small little screen. It's 8-bit, and it's black and white only, which is interesting. Um, the thing is that's different about this, it, it's seasonal. So what that means is games will be automatically downloaded to the handheld itself by season. They haven't said how long a season will be or not, but they'll be automatically downloaded as each season progresses. Um, and some of the games they mentioned that will be available on, I'm trying to look it up right now because there were some big games announced for it. As far as the ND scene is concerned, um, and right now, while I'm looking up this list uh, really quick, I will say that its gimmick is it has a crank. I have no idea what that crank is for. Like, it literally has a crank. It depends on what the game makers want it to be for. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like it's going to be kind of an analog controller. There, um, 
it's there if you want it. You don't really have to use it, but I feel like everybody should kind of try to use it because it's there. Hmm. Kind of like so it's um, not like a controls for the a Wii crank charger or something. No, no, no nothing like that. <laughs> That'd be cool though. Like, wait, I gotta charge my blade. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that un, un, unnamed or untitled Goose Game was coming for it, which is kind of weird and cool at the same time because um, that game, when you look up videos for it, it's first of all, it's in color and it's got some really cool like looks to it. Like Not a whole lot of games have been announced for it, but the ones that have been, uh, Firewatch was on the list, which I also find interesting because like I said, this thing is black and white and 8-bit. So I'm curious to see how how they how they adapt to this little thing. And uh, right now they said it'll launch at a hundred and fifty dollar uh, price point at the moment. Um, there is no like Kickstarter or anything behind it. So um, when it comes out, it comes out, and that'll be that'll be it. Play date. Yeah, so as an indie, I guess handheld, which is why we're covering it, I, I do find it quite interesting that an indie studio has decided to enter the realm of, uh, you know, consoles, especially considering the Ouya just announced that they are killing their services here in the next month or so. And then within days, this this play date was announced as well on top of it. I think this has a much better market plan, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the Ouya was Android based. And I remember the hype for it going into it. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe that'll be cool. And then it didn't work. And then I never bought one. Yeah, I remember you'd mentioned it way before it, it released. And then. Yeah, it just kind of died out. <laughs> I, I actually forgot about it. I didn't even know that was that was still going around. Technically, it's not still around. <laughs> okay. The only people I know that have one just have it to run emulators on it. That's perfectly fair. That's I fair. could see that because it's Android. First of all, it's Android based, so you can hack it pretty easily, and it has a controller to run emulators on it. So I totally see that. But I, f- I feel like an indie made thing. They're not going to take down PS4 and Switch and Xbox. That's just never going to happen. No, but no. You can really easily, if you have good games on this little play date, then, you know, it's just you're playing while you're sitting at the doctor's office or you're playing while you're waiting for your mom to come pick you up from school or something. And, or, you know, lunch yeah. break at work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because everybody who goes to work is total adult that doesn't do that. Right, right. No, of course not. I was just putting it out there for, you know, certain people, but not me. Of course not me. No, I am totally responsible at work all the time. All the time. 24-7. I would not even wait for my lunch break. I would would just start playing. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, (laughs) your your shtick, I guess, for your show is, is, you know, comics and games and how the two relate. If right. some if a if a comic book video game came out for the play date, would you get one? Or would you get one in general? How's that? Um 
See, I want to sit back and see what happens because Mm -hmm. just the concept of the games disappearing is something I'm I'm trying to see if that's like actually what's going to happen because that's the understanding I've gotten from everybody that's talked to me about it. And I don't know if I like the idea of games going away. And I could see that, especially in your case, from knowing you for the past gosh, I don't know, two, three years. Um, you're a video game collector on top of that as well. Right. And, and when it's only digital like this, you can't really save it. Exactly. And and your, your collection is quite impressive, which, by the way, Donovan, I told you about the friend I have that had that game on Point PlayStation. Yep, yep, that's Chris. Yeah, that's yes, I was, I was I was about to ask because once I heard video game collector, I'm like, oh, wait, is this the guy? Yes, um, if you want it, I probably have it. <laughs> no, that's a lie because I don't have any of the nice expensive stuff. But, you know, it's okay. not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, point point blank, too. Yeah, that was that was a shocker. I didn't even know that was on the PlayStation. I just two. randomly saw it at the flea market and the cover looked interesting, so I grabbed it. <laughs> Oh, man. I honestly have no idea where to go with the show next since Kyle's still not here. Um, Well. But I will say, completely off-topic and unrelated, I guess uh, maybe this can be our off-topic. I don't know. I went to my first music festival last weekend, and it was amazing. Huzzah. I got to see... yeah, I got to see I got to see a lot of bands I'd never heard of in a good way. Now I'm I'm fans of those people. Um like such as the Interrupters, which are a ska band that are just absolutely killing it. And I got to see the Hives, which are on my bucket list. Awesome. Yes. They they played like six or seven songs and so I'm going to go into a small rant. They are legendary in my book. Legendary. Mhm. So I already knew that they're a great band. They they are consistently voted as the best rock band to see live and in person. They're universally um, one of the greatest bands to see live. So I wasn't going to miss an opportunity to see them live. I wasn't. So I got a ticket to this music festival, especially I made sure on the day they were playing. First of all, they did not disappoint. Second of all, uh, the festival was fighting with the weather pretty much all day. So with heavy winds and rain and stuff, they were canceling different stages and shows and things like that. And the Hive said they were going to play regardless. And they came out and played, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, by the time they come out and start playing, it's rain. It's not raining hard, but it, it's raining. And, you know, of course, the hives being the hives, they used to totally play into that, you know, saying how, you know, they're the only band playing at the moment um, and how that they were going to let a little bit of rain, you know, mess them up. It's just th- things like that. Like they played it up and stuff like that. That's not why they're legendary, by the way. They are legendary because during their last song, which was Tick, Tick, Boom, you know, love that song. One of my, the first songs I was introduced uh to them. That was like one of the first songs I know by them. 
they they start playing that song and they are roughly i'd say halfway through the song and over the pa system you start hearing you know can we have your attention please can we have your attention please you know people can we have your attention please like that that keeps playing over and over again over them playing uh tick tick boom the hives keep playing as if it's not there so that made me as an observer not care you know what was being said over the pa system and then eventually they're like hey we're gonna evacuate the hives keep playing literally they keep playing because there's a incoming storm on the way and so eventually they cut their sound out so the amps are no longer turned on and the hives are still playing the song and i'm like oh my gosh they're still playing the song and uh, they they pretty much finished the song, even though the amps are turned off. And I'm like, total mad respect uh, for the hives just for for doing something like that. Like I I can't thank them enough for even you know playing as long as they did in inclement weather on the way. I mean, they said it in their performance. They took rock and they perfected it. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and it got to the point where me and because uh, our sister went, uh, Brianna, mm-hmm. uh, we, we were like, maybe we should take the day off tomorrow because they're they were performing in Chicago the next day, and so we were like, maybe we should take tomorrow off and just go to Chicago and see them, you know, so that way that we don't have to worry about weather. But yeah. Needless to say, we did not do that. You should have done that. I totally should have. I have a couple extra vacation days. I could have pulled it off. And Chris, I was surprised when you said you were jealous of me seeing the hives. I don't know very many people that know that band. I honestly have no idea why I know them. Um, I mean, a lot of random <laughs> bands. I mean, I mean that in the best way possible. Right, right. Like mm-hmm. a lot of random bands I know because of Punkorama compilations or something. And... um but I know I must have just caught the radio at the right time because um, back when Hate to Say I Told You So was like the only song out from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting there, went to whatever Air Force Base it was my dad was working at and bought that album. Because I'm old and actually bought music. Whoa, <laughs> <So>. whoa. <laughs> I know, right? showing my age here and i mean they've always kind of been sitting there as a band that i really like and a band that i wish people knew more of and then mm-hmm, you know, tick mm-hmm. boom was in madden 08 yes it yes. was yes it was such good stuff man that takes me back uh, yeah i had to pull up the um wikipedia page to see which year it was because i've always kind of picked up maddens because you know when you can grab them for a dollar why not of course <laughs> see which one the falcons are the best in and it looks and i wanted to check the, which year it was because i couldn't remember oh it's all good man and that's another thing that surprises me about you chris because not a lot of my gaming friends are sports fans as well so whenever i tweet about something about baseball related you always tweet something with it i'm like look at chris being a sports fan i love this Plus, it's baseball. I mean, if you don't like baseball, then I don't know if I can be your friend. I I totally know the feeling. It's really like, hard not to like baseball. Even Donovan here, who's not a sports fan, will go with me to a Reds game. Oh, if, I love I, baseball. 
Oh, yeah. I think that's Love just because Joey Votto is a national treasure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. Say, yes, I yes. say that as a Braves fan. You're my own <laughs> wonderful first baseman. Thank you. you. Know, his, his tweet uh, was that yesterday or or a couple days ago about uh, you know trying to figure out where the monsters are because they stole his talent or whatever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when he when he tweeted that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, we went there. <laughs> I had no idea he liked new Space Jam. I mean, he only had one small baseball scene, too. Uh, you know, it's Michael Jordan. You know, you do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. And then that's when he submitted his place as a, a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, I, I've been a fan of Joey Votto since he was a rookie. So I, I, I've always loved him, and I, I'll still cheer for him. I have a shirt that's a Joey Votto shirt that I wore to the game last week, which I was excited for. And I got to see him Homer and Um, that was pretty much it because he didn't do much outside of that, but I did get to see him Homer, but I've seen him Homer several times anyway. So it's not like it was new or to me or anything like that. And it's not like you had the tragedy of seeing him pop out to first base. Right. (laughs) Or that. (laughs) He's only done it once the entire time I've been alive. (laughs) He's uh. He's he's a smart player, which is why I think I respect him a lot because um, he's very patient. So maybe sometimes a little too patient at the plate, but um, he's patient enough. Like even today, um, they played the Cubs, suck it, uh, feel the chef because he's oh. a Cubs fan. But uh, the reason why they won is because Joey Votto got a walk and then Suarez, who bats right behind him, homered right after that, which... Uh, caused the Reds to win today, which was fantastic. Awesome. I know we are way off topic, so we're waiting for Kyle. He just texted me saying we can end this whenever. We don't have to wait for him because something came up. Poor Kyle. <laughs> Poor Kyle. So, Chris, I know Kyle and I will be coming on your show very, very soon. How about you tease that a little bit for us? Chris? Yes, your mic was doing its going out thing again. Gotcha. Uh, I was trying to say that uh, uh, Kyle and I will be on your show very, very soon. How about you tease that for for us a little bit? Well, it had to happen eventually. Carrington and Kyle are going to be coming on to play comics. Carrington for his 75th appearance in 64 episodes. Woo! (laughs) We are going to be looking at Superman 64. I am so excited and so not looking forward to it at the same time. Well, see, the best news is that once we record, you never have to look at that game ever again. Thank goodness. Because for those of you who don't know much about Superman 64, it is rated as one of the worst games of video game history. Period. Period. I mean, didn't we rent it once when it was on the N64 from Blockbuster? I think so. I'm pretty sure we did. And it was terrible. (laughs) I picked it up at the flea market in a lot of games, and it had just enough of the cover on it for me to be able to tell what it was. Plus, somebody had sharpied Superman on the front, so I could really (laughs) tell what it was. And I thought about scraping the label off and just selling it as a mystery game. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was That's well amazing. before that was well before I was gonna do the podcast. So I mean once I decided I was gonna do the podcast, I figured I should keep the game because I'd have to play it. Eventually. Yeah. And um, that time is here. That's get a game, best. Genie folks. Because you can get a code that lets you add more time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> more time with the game. Just what I wanted. So yeah. That's coming up. I'd rather spend more time with it and actually be able to do it. I would rather spend time doing literally anything else than looking at it. I don't even want to look at it. But yeah, that's coming up very soon. Very, very soon. So uh, go ahead, search up. Play Comics Podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps. Look out for it. Kyle and I have both been on it. Um, some of us have been on it more than others. I won't say who. <laughs> but it's a fantastic show, and Chris does a really good job bringing on different guests and covering it. And uh, not just for if you're fans of ours, just fans of comics and gaming in general, because Chris has had some fantastic guests on the show that um, I would like for you to discover on your own. Um, because every time Chris has a big guest, he texts me and I geek out and we geek out together. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> if you want to, you can cheat, go over to playcomics.com and there is a page that just has all the guests that I've had on. With direct links to each episode, which is fantastic. And with that, we will head on out. Uh, whatever Kyle's, I hope everything's okay with Kyle. So Chris, how can, uh, our audience, how can they on the good old interwebs, whether it be you yourself personally or your show? The best way to catch me is to go over to Twitter at play comics cast. Uh, mostly because I'm on my computer for work anyway. So let's just say that sometimes I see messages on Twitter and leave it at that. All right, oh I, I'll leave it at that. And then you can find Plausible the show. As he, deniability. As he previously <laughs> previously said, uh, playcomics.com. Is that, the, is that your website? Yes, playcomics.com. Okay. Nice and simple. Boom. Yes, boom. And then you can find our show at realdudespodcast.com, all your favorite podcasting apps. If you want to hit us up on the good old social media, we're at realdudes underscore pod on Twitter. And then on Facebook and Instagram, we are realdudespod. No, I'm sorry. We are Real Dudes Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And well, thank you for joining us for this long and just having us ramble on for the past 10, 15 minutes or however long it's been. And as always, have a rad day. I don't understand any of this. My head has been throbbing, throbbing. It's just nonstop. I, I can't get through a recording without blacking out. None of this is making sense to me. It's obvious that things don't make sense to you, Kyle. But let me tell you, ever since Donovan laid his hands 
on that device and tinkered around with it ever since that explosion. Saints have never been the same with you. And things will never be the same again. So what does this mean? Like, who are you guys? Why, why are you in my head? And why do I black out and I hear your voices during the edit? I don't understand any of this at all. We are multiple personalities within your brain. And the only way that we can get our voices out is through the podcast, Kyle. Through that podcast. So let us free. Let us express our own personalities on the podcast. So is this why there's so much confusion? Is this... I, I, I don't understand. I just... I mean, I guess I understand. Carrington's got his teleportation where he can bring guests on the show, and Donovan can stop the show mid-sentence and express his feelings. So I get... You guys, I have to carry you all on my shoulders. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't have to make sense, Kyle. We are with you, and that's all there is to it. So, the only thing you can do is accept it. For this is how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs>